BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It means promptly after AEW Dynamite, you kick off the Wrestling Inc. post-podcast. It's JK and JL with you tonight. Apologies on the uh, little bit of delay here for those of you that are watching live. Uh, it's, it's right when you get ready to do the show that all technical hell wants to break loose. I, did, I, I even had a plan. I even had an extra screen up so I could watch the overtime that was the Capitals game. And that even went kapooey. And now I just Google and look and I didn't want to see it anyways. Well, I guess better better tonight than not WrestleMania weekend. Uh, I don't know. Jimmy, how are you? Uh, better than me? Uh, fingers crossed. I don't know about better than you because as you like you, I was I had the Leafs on in the background and they went to they were leading 2 to 1 with Florida tied it with less than a minute then they went to overtime and lost the game. So, you know, hey. Here's my pl- playoff bound team that hasn't advanced in the, in the, to the second round in I don't know how many decades, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you on the hockey frustrations this year. Uh, we hope it's, be, it's going to be a good show here as we uh, try to catch our breath and get maintained and calm down from the chaos behind the scenes here. Uh, we'll, we will get into some news headlines here in just a moment before, of course, get into AEW Dynamite. 
But as everybody's filing in uh, or is waiting for us, and, and now we're here again, uh, thank you. Please make sure you hit the like uh, or subscribe button, whatever is appropriate. Leave a comment, share, tell a friend. We got a huge week coming up here uh, as it relates to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Uh, no podcast Thursday night, nothing going on there. But then Friday night, you're going to have uh, one after SmackDown. I don't know if it's right after SmackDown or if they're going to wait to do it after the Hall of Fame as well. Uh, you have to check on the site for details there. And then Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, myself and Jimmy all weekend long. Uh, Saturday will be joined by Glenn Rubenstein. Sunday will be joined by Raj Geary. Monday, not sure. I know it's definitely Jimmy and I. Jack's not going to be with us. So right. it's got a, we got a big week coming up. I already got the tea. I got the hot tea uh, lined up to keep the voice strong for the weekend. Don't want to, don't want to lose that. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, Jimmy, you and I kicked it off Monday. We re- re- revisit to now. I think you're back on Friday, correct? Yes, I am back on Friday. I'm uh, filling in, and I don't mind doing that because, you know, SmackDown is my brand. I'm the blue guy. You are the blue guy. I like the touch of the blue shirt. Yeah. Well, uh, talking about your guys, uh, this one is appropriate to toss to you first. The uh, final name announced for the Hall of Fame class of 2023 for WWE, and it is the one, the only, the late legend, Mr. Timmy White. Uh, Tim legendary referee also known as andre's handler worked backstage as an official in, 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 a, in a backstage capacity uh, he's going in under the warrior award um and what that stands for very appropriate uh, i i think many would say but jimmy uh this is obviously somebody who's a friend to you a colleague uh to you uh so please and and, and again the first referee that wwe has ever inducted into their hall of fame so opening up a uh, pathway for even yourself one day. So give me give me your reaction when they confirmed uh, Timmy White. No, oh, it, it 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 warmed my heart because Timmy, like you said, not only he was a good friend, he was a great colleague, but he was also an amazing mentor to me because we basically, um, you know, met each other when I started, and he was the one who introduced me to Andre the Giant because as you as you said, you know, he used to. Uh, you know, take care of Andre, make sure that everything was okay with him because he had difficulty traveling, obviously with his size and stuff like that. He made, he was his manager, so to speak, uh, legit. And, uh, but I don't have enough good words to say about him. And I don't know if there's anybody on the planet that could say a negative thing about Timmy White. Timmy White was a great human being, but most of all, he was great in giving to others as well. And especially to me, he was very instrumental in helping me uh, develop into the referee. I became hopefully, you know, following in his footsteps as best I could. And uh, man, and so many other roles. And even, you know, one thing that people didn't know that uh, before I left WWE in 2009, I was slowly uh, being mentored by Timmy on the backstage aspect of what he did. Because uh, I was, you know, looking in the future and he was eventually looking at at transitioning me over to helping him because not only did he do the agent thing backstage, but he helped settle up with the building after the, you know, the house shows and stuff like that. And he escorted talent on, on uh, signings and, and appearances and stuff. Oh man. Well, I hate to say deserved, earned all of the above, man. It just, I'm, I'm almost at a loss for words. I feel so great about this. It's amazing. No, that's awesome. I don't uh, recall if they said this in the announcement. Do we know uh, who's going to induct him and then um, who would accept the award on his behalf? I, I don't even know. Does, does, I, his, I is, 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 does his family still? I don't even know who would be options. 
I, I, I honestly, I wish I could tell you because, uh, you know, he unfortunately passed away last year in Orlando, you know, as someone from mm. the, the Northeast and stuff like that. I, I wish I knew, uh, you know, but at, at the same time, it's going to be nice right now, a bit surprised to see who's going to be the one to induct him into the Hall of Fame and who will be accepting for him. Boy, I wish he could have put a book out. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. I mean, just a book of Andre stories. I don't have to be about anybody else. Just an Andre yeah. story book. It, if it, see, I got along with Andre terrifically because Timmy White put me over to him. Do you know what I mean? Timmy was yeah. the guy who said, hey, Jimmy's a good guy. I remember the first time I had to go pick him up at the airport uh, here in Toronto when Jack hands me the keys to his Cadillac says, go pick up Andre and Timmy at the airport. And I'm like, oh, I, you know, you don't want to act too surprised. But I didn't know how to expect it. And, uh, but, oh, man. Uh, again, uh, couldn't be happier. Yeah, well, uh, that's going to be uh, it's, it's another added excitement to the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. this Friday uh, to uh, again recognize the first ever referee in in in, in the Hall of Fame, and um, you know he was one uh, he was a name that we threw out a few weeks ago when this was being speculated, uh, and hopefully he's not the last because there certainly are many other uh, deserving. Uh, brothers in stripes moving on here with the news again you can find all these headlines on wrestlinginc.com the ap is reporting uh on wednesday morning that wwe has already doubled its advertising revenue for its annual wrestlemania events uh which uh with this year's edition bringing in 20 million dollars um their senior vice president head of global sales and partnerships uh, telling the Newswire that the that the WWE will incorporate sponsorships in some of its matches this weekend, sort of blurring of the fourth wall for fans. So, I mean, we Jimmy, we did see this a little bit. Um, you know, we, we we've seen matches be sponsored by mm-hmm. you know a uh, company, and then obviously it was, it was very much heavily engaged with the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match at Rumble, where their branding was all over. You know, I've I'm okay with this. I know that I know this is a funny thing because some people. You know, I, I've long since said that, like, and, and WCW did it, AEW does it now, and I like it. You have this ring canvas. You have this in WWE's case. You have this twenty by twenty ring. Um, you know, I, I put a sponsor, whether it's one big sponsor in the middle or whether it's sponsors in the corners or, you know, whether it's, they're on the the apron. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Just I'm. I'm the, the ring skirts. I mean. I just think it's there. I think I think from a from a branding standpoint, I'd say do it. Um, you know, WWE used to have the Slim Jim ring posts yeah. at Halloween Havoc. I mean, I, I say I'm all for it, and I kind of wonder if we're going to see some pool of those things that I just mentioned because if they if they're if they're, if they're doubling revenue and they're talking about uh, incorporating with some of the matches, uh, what say you on the uh, on turning the wrestling ring into a NASCAR? No, well, not so much into a NASCAR, but there's nothing wrong with putting a logo or something on the ring, especially in the world of WWE, where you have the the dasher wall that surrounds the ring is pretty much LED lights LED. as well as well as the it, I'm not I'm trying to think about the sides, but at least the the front of the ring apron uh, on the hard camera side that's an LED board as well, so you can flash the logos there of the sponsors like it like you mentioned the uh, the mountain dew pitch black match yeah. you could put the mountain dew logo on the led board or something like that and and i'm okay with it because you see it in ufc you see it everywhere that, that there's sponsorships yeah. even on the fighters tights when you see the fighters fighting <laughs> you know what i mean they got logos on it so i don't think it's that big of a deal some people say wow it looks too good um 
like you said, NASCAR-y or Carney or whatever. No, it's it's business. That's yeah, to me, is. right. To me, it kind of um, legitimizes. It, yes, it, it, I was, that's, yeah, that's kind of where I was heading. It kind of legitimizes, like, not that you not that you should need much more when you have something called WrestleMania. It's been around for thirty nine years, and it's selling out a stadium for two nights in a row, and it has the pop culture and may, you know crossover and influence. Uh, but if you need it any bit more, I mean, I you know I think when you have major sponsors being flashed around on it, just shows you that you know things you might not know in the boardroom. It just shows you how uh, you know how in in demand uh, the brand is and how influential the brand is uh, viewed right. in the entertainment industry. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, so you know, <laughs> good and on WWE twenty and especially especially now you look at it, you know, with all the talk about. WWE possibly being for sale, potential suitors now are looking at this and going, "Hey, this is yeah. this is a, a hell of a business venture that we could get ourselves into." Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, uh, speaking of WrestleMania and speaking of just uh, you know just WWE in general, uh, Nick Khan uh, making the media rounds, and he was on uh, the Herd podcast with Colin Cowherd, and uh, he kind of talked about he had some interesting comments, and this really jumped out of people with creative. He said, uh, if you said now, where is the creative team with the process? They're months ahead of WrestleMania. Obviously, a huge focus on Saturday and Sunday to make sure we can execute what the plan is. But they're months ahead. And they know what's they, and they know that's the way it should be. You know, 52 weeks a year, three or four programs a week. If you're not months ahead, you're going to get caught. Um, all of that makes sense, what he's saying, Jimmy. I, I would say uh, if he says this a year ago, we probably are scratching our heads a little bit because, you know, it seemed like things were constantly changing and, and maybe, you know, long-term consistent direction wasn't always there. Uh, but it does feel, I don't know about you, I do, I, you know, I don't know about months ahead for every single character, every single storyline, but it does feel like they are generally a little bit more organized. Uh, we're not hearing about frantic late rewrites minutes before we go live. Yeah, uh, that I totally agree with. Uh, And you say months. Well, he didn't specify how many months, too. But at the same time, look, this is the wrestling business. And what do they always say at the bottom of the card when you read it? Card subject to change. And things can happen. This is so unpredictable. You know, where somebody, uh, God forbid, gets a... You know, injured and can't can't perform at WrestleMania, or something uh, something else happens. You know that 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 alters a plan. But at the same time, you have a general direction, a general plan you want to go in. And usually, if you do business the right way, when you're thinking, you have a backup plan. Yeah. So, um, but you're right in in the sense that things seem to be heading in the direction that they have planned. Too. There may have been like a couple of little things like uh, with Lashley and, and Brock and that sort of stuff that may have changed from the original planning. But for the most part, it looks like they're going where they want to go. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, lots of uh, hype surrounding WrestleMania, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, Jimmy and I will be here all weekend long on the Wrestling Podcast. It's going to be some late nights because uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's just by the nature of uh, sometimes the length of these shows. And then uh, it's a good problem to have, but as I recall from last year with Mania, we just had super chats all over the place, so a lot of people wanted to get involved, uh, so a lot of conversation to be had, so uh, mm-hmm. make sure you have your coffee or your whatever you need to keep yourself going, because uh, we're going to have uh, some fun late nights. Uh, it's going to be a sleepover, so to speak, slumber party, mm-hmm. WrestleMania right. weekend here on the podcast. Make sure you are subscribed so you get the alerts, you get the reminder, and don't miss it if you want to watch with us live, or of course, Subscribe to the audio if you want to make sure you have the archive after the fact uh, to keep up with us 
at your own pace. All right, those were the news headlines. They were all WWE ones. Those were what was grabbing the uh, news today on the website. But certainly things to talk about with AEW. Uh, big night for them, uh, not only Dynamite tonight, but of course they were touting heavily the debut of the All Access show, which is going on as we are recording this right now. So I'll have to catch up with it later. But their, their, uh, their reality show behind the scenes. Um, so a lot going on for AEW. And, and this is kind of tonight was kind of a setup for what looks to be a big episode next week when they're in Long Island. Um, not not dubbed any one of their special names, I don't think, but still a, a really big show mm-hmm. with some of the stories that they are building to. So let's jump into it. So they are in St. Louis tonight, and we start off with Jungle Boy versus Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy's got all ego Ethan Page by his side doing his best Jeff Hardy dance move impression. <laughs> uh, Hook eventually comes out. That's going to offset uh, Ethan Page. And uh, they do show during this match, Darby's backstage watching, Sammy's backstage watching. So kind of keeping up with the theme of what we saw previous weeks where those three all uh, voice in their opinions that they should be the next challenger for MJF's world title. And uh, Jungle Boy is going to get the win very over with the crowd. Uh, Post-match, MJF comes out and uh, we get another MJF Jungle Boy back and forth. And uh, MJF says, oh, Jungle Boy, you think I had it easy? Well, you're kind of right. I wrestle very few matches. I come out here and tell these people about themselves and go pick up a nice fat check. Meanwhile, you had to crawl and uh, you got no thank yous from anybody in your TV time. Not what it could have been. Be mad at yourself. He says, nice guys always finish last. I told you that after I, we had our match a couple years ago. But what did you do? You stuck around with Marco Stun and Luchasaurus and Christian Cage. And Jungle Boy says that may all be true, but I am happy with who I uh, with the man I look at in the mirror every morning. Brawl eventually breaks out after uh, MJF makes a comment about uh, the size of Jungle Boy's balls or lack thereof, and uh, and that's that. Jungle Boy, right now, uh, you know him and MJF, uh, you know going at it, 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 it. Jungle Boy said, "Jimmy, I'm going to take this world title off you." They have not yet given us a date of when mm-hmm. we're building to this match. Um, what were your thoughts on uh, the, the the presentation of Jungle Boy tonight in this match against a veteran Hardy and the promo that followed? No, I thought it was a decent match. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously during the match, they planted seeds that there is going to be maybe some kind of discrepancy between Matt Hardy and Ethan Page and that group as well. But uh, Jungle Boy, like you said, is over with that audience and they really enjoyed him. And he did, he got a big win over someone of name value, which obviously elevates him. And yes, MJF cuts one hell of a promo like he did tonight, but when Jungle Boy finally got his words in at the end. I think he held his own fairly well and got over pretty well. And then the brawl afterwards, you know, MJ, had, it was perfect heel baby face. You know, people talk about, well, you know, uh, times have changed, but in certain areas, times don't need to change. The baby face got the upper hand to the delight of the crowd. MJF got booed like he's supposed to, mm-hmm. and it worked. And now people are looking forward to this match. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I like uh, overall. I like what was done here. I'm happy that um, you know Hook briefly comes out and kind of offsets and gets Ethan Page out of there, so we can have a, uh, a finish to the match. I like, and this this might be where some improvements in the production are are happening going on. I like the touch of just having Sammy and just having Darby backstage watching the monitor. I think that 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 continues to remind you just as much as it needs to of the story and situation here just it's just as good versus having them come out and having as you would say the 20 pounds and a 10 pound bag you don't need that i thought that that helped keep this clean it doesn't you don't they're not out of sight out of mind you're showing them and the commentary is acknowledging them but 
it still kept the focus on, okay, well, if Jungle Boy is the, the next one who is challenging MJF, let's keep the focus on him. They did that. Uh, and I think that Jungle Boy is the right babyface for this moment in time for MJF. I think it's good that he's, you know, he isn't homegrown. He is somebody who, you know, the crowd is behind solidly. And I also think he's not going to beat MJF, but MJF still needs to have challengers. If you want to have him on TV, he still needs to have somebody he's in conflict with. And I think Jungle Boy is the right one because it's probably him and Jungle Boy, you know, probably sometime in April, I would think, at a, at a, at a big dynamite. That's not something an event. And then you still have time to build to your double or nothing, which is usually end of May. I don't think I don't right. see this feud going from now all the way to the end of May, but I could see it going to April and then, you know, go from there. I think just kind of he's just a, Jungle Boy just kind of fits the right baby face for this moment in time. Yeah, for this moment in time. Exactly. And not only that, it'll help. Like like I said earlier, that Jungle Boy is tremendously over with this audience. They really like do like the kid. And look, I shouldn't call him kid. I feel that sounding like the old guy, get off my lawn. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? He, yeah. He's a young, young lad. Who's, who's really, you know, caught on with this audience and MJF is becoming a master at knowing when to push the buttons at the right time. And can you imagine if he goes over on jungle boy in like real heel fashion, the, the heat he can generate. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, I like the potential here, so we'll uh, mm-hmm. uh, we'll keep we'll keep pacing. Next week they're on Long Island, which is MJF's yep. hometown, so it'd be very interesting to see how they market that, and or not how they market, how they book that, because MJF he does get his cheers when he goes to Long mm-hmm. Island. So yeah. that it, it is it is a little they have to bizarro world how they how they approach that. You know, it's very much like Bretton '97. You, you know, he's booked in all 50 states as the as the bad guy, but then they go up north of the border. Everything's got to switch. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, real quick, the super chat I missed. So hate I, I hate to usually pivot from AEW back to WWE, but I don't want to oh, ignore. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to ignore the super chat. Uh, Krish um, saying Cody has gone uh, from a minus five fifty uh, uh, to a minus four hundred fifty uh, favorite of the odds favorite uh, for Mania in terms of winning. He goes, are these shifts usually indicative of anything? Uh, Reigns possibly winning. You know, I, I get, I get, I get, I get several emails from several betting companies. There, it's all a PR thing. They, you know, they, they have me as a part of their PR list, and they want me to promote the things. They always say, "Justin, here's the odds, the latest odds." And mm-hmm. I don't, I've never asked them. I, I can only assume it is in some ways like real, like like your odds that change for football or anything else that they are reading into certain clues. Whether it's if somebody all of a sudden is being advertised or not being advertised for shows after the fact. If there's rumors that are swirling on the internet about how the booking's being swayed, I, I mean, because I, I, that's all I can assume because I, I don't know if I can't imagine. I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine. I mean, like I, that the office is going to leak it, real or, or or fake things mm-hmm. to sway betting odds. But then again, betting on pro wrestling is a very new thing, and and it's a whole yeah. whole brave new world. No, but I see, like like you said, people uh, people there in the betting industry that are running these sites are are paying attention and keeping tabs on what's going on. And if you've noticed that the story that they've been telling so far, they have not made it a clear cut. You know, those inside the wrestling industry are saying the way Cody is presenting himself, it, it, he has to win at WrestleMania. He has to be the guy to defeat Roman Reigns. But then other people are saying, yeah, but they're leaving doubt in people's mind. And then there's also when you got people betting and it's that big a a minus a minus 550 you know people are looking for value 
Yeah. And, you know, and, and people, maybe there's some people saying, you know what? There is a chance that they may swerve everybody and have Roman win. Well, and to the to your point you just made a second ago about it not being, you know, clear cut, full blown, bulletproof of who's winning this, just by the booking, and I and I and and, and Chris, this is probably another one of the factors. Um, you know, sometimes a traditional booking one hundred and one would be if Cody was going to win, we would have ended Raw with him laid, you know. Roman the bloodline laid waste to him and oh my god how could he ever overcome this but that wasn't how we ended Monday you know Cody beat Cody handed the first loss ever to Solo and Cody stood tall and granted there's still Smackdown here in two days so they you know in terms of how they ended there but I think that's another thing you might that that can sway things is is how's the booking leading up to um so um we'll see I guess keep keep an eye on it and uh, place your bets accordingly yep. mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still sticking with what I said Monday. I'm yeah, still sticking me with too. me too. Me too. Because uh, uh, if you, there is the right time to pull the trigger on something, and you can always, in theory, get that momentum back. But if Cody were to lose in some form or fashion on Monday, on Sunday, you even going into Monday night, if you were to get the rematch there and win it there, it still loses that gravitas. It, yeah. He doesn't. He loses that momentum that he built since his uh, return at the Rumble. Yes, absolutely. Uh, timing is everything. Yep. All right. Uh, timing. Uh, they are all through the show tonight, and I'm talking about the Blackpool Combat Club of uh, Moxley, of Claudio, of Wheeler, Yuta. Uh, they attack Dalton Castle and the boys who are making their entrance and just lay waste to them, and they end up getting uh, technically a victory uh, in a matter of about 30 seconds. Uh, so that's, that's important, and I'll just kind of stick with it here. We'll kind of roll it all together. They leave right. and go through the crowd. We then see Hangman Page backstage. He's being interviewed. Uh, he talks about how the Bucks have a separated shoulder and, and, and torn biceps. And then Don Callis comes to apologize for the miscommunication uh, that was the week prior. And just as it looks like Hangman Page is going to accept this sincere apology, Blackpool Combat Club again uh, makes a sneak attack. They attack Hangman Page, and then they Moxley gives a punch to Callis, who Callis then... Takes a bump onto the concrete, but it, it, it looked like there was other equipment and stuff around him. Mm-hmm. Callus starts bleeding profusely. Jimmy, mm-hmm. you've been around a lot of uh, blood. You've been around it the hard way. You've been around it the uh, the, the gimmicked way. Uh, just by the timing, where the blood was coming and everything, I think Callus legit took a bump and landed and hit. I don't whether he hit the the floor or he hit the base of one of the. One of the road cases, right? Something because he just it was just gushing out of him, but it was gushing out right about at his eyebrow. And you don't really, that's not traditionally where you blade yourself. No, I I think that was not intentional. Let's put it that way. And man, did he, he, he hit the spot. That's for sure. Because like you said, it was a gusher. And when you have equipment around like that, sometimes you have to be cognizant and, uh, you know, like, Again, not to make this about me, but I've accidentally knocked myself out <laughs> taking a face bump where my hand slid out and my chin hit the floor and, and boom, you know, yeah, stars. Yeah. But, uh, you know, accidents happen and that's what it looked like. But it just I, I could just imagine the jokes that it was because it was Mox who gave him the shot. I could just imagine the jokes flying that, oh, finally, someone else is bleeding. Thanks to Mox. Well, that's what I actually ended up having. I rewound it a few times. Because of that same thing, because it was so much, it was it was almost like comical how much blood it was, mm-hmm. and I'm like, 
you know, and Moxley's obviously been the center of a lot of con- a lot of whatever this week, um, mm-hmm. mostly defending AEW. But in, in, but like, I was like, this isn't some kind of inside rib right. on him, is it? <laughs> but I, yeah. I kept watching. Like now, I'm like, I think I think Callus just took a bad spill. Um, if, if it was an inside rib by Callus on him, then hats off to him because you got us. Yeah, I don't think it was. I think I think, <laughs> but it added to the segment. It added to the brutality because let's continue on <laughs> the Blackpool mm-hmm. Combat Club. Um, just absolutely uh, running rough shot mm-hmm. through uh, through through the through the through the show, and, and that brings us to the next match. Which I'm, I'm gonna no disrespect to the match, but the match is kind of secondary. And in, in all in all honesty, it's mm-hmm. Kenny Omega who now has to go to the ring, having heard that Hangman's been attacked, having heard that Callus has just been busted open. He's going to defend his IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship uh, from New Japan. He's going to defend it against Jeff Cobb. Uh, an entertaining match. Check the match out if you if you like. I, I do think this was one of the better matches on the show. He does be Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Fifty. Then place a five dollar wager on any sport. You'll receive one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Cobb the one-wing angel, but the real news here is, again, Blackpool Combat Club, again, the three of them, uh, Claudio, Wheeler, and uh, Moxley, they come out, they start stalking the ring that they're going to attack Kenny, and then we hear Brian Danielson's music. Now, we have not seen Brian since his loss to MJF, uh, and Brian's coming out, and he's basically telling them all to back off, looking like he's going to reprimand uh, Blackpool Combat Club buddies for what, the way they've been behaving, helps Hangman, or excuse me, helps Kenny up, looks like he's going to be uh, aligned there with Kenny in the situation, and then he attacks Kenny, uh, submission hold on him, brutality um so the blackpool combat club right now jimmy uh mm-hmm. they were the story tonight they were the yeah. story in terms of the dominance and, and i i gotta say i appreciate the thread of this story and the way that it was woven and weaving through the through the matches no i agree too and i appreciate the way that they accomplished this with daniel bryan brian danielson uh i keep saying daniel bryan i can't it's believe a, we know it. who but, you mean yeah yeah, Brian Danielson, because I think, uh, you know, in the wrestling world, people say, well, you know what? I kind of felt something was going to happen. And then, but you know what? Not really. It looked like he was there to kind of calm things down. And when he did turn, I thought it was very well done. I thought it was, you know, one of the stories, like you said, a continuing story thread. Now the, the Blackpool Combat Club is back, re, I, I guess reunited for lack of a better term, because we haven't seen Daniel Bryan for a little bit. Yeah. So, say that. And, and it's certain, it certainly sets up. I mean, it sets up, I think, I guess the inevitable, right? It's the four of them from Blackpool Comic Club against Kenny hangman mm-hmm. and the bucks bringing the, and, and they've all been at odds and some, so this really does, you know, start yeah. to build towards a compelling, um, 
uh, a compelling payoff. Absolutely. And, and again, like I said, I, I, I do complain sometimes that they try to do too much. And yes, the, the, the match itself, the IWGP U.S. title match, kind of take a back seat to the uh, what happened afterwards. You can say that despite the fact that, like you said, it was a pretty entertaining match. It was a really good match. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's the only problem. We don't get a chance to let things breathe for a little bit. Yeah. And, and I'll get to that again a little later on in this uh, podcast because uh, it seemed to, that seemed to be another thread going through the night as well. Yeah, Jeff Cobb. I like Jeff. I've worked uh, yes. a few shows with him. I, I first came across him um, – he was under the mask, I believe, at Lucha Underground, and I, I went out there and I saw him, and I and I didn't even know. Again, I went out to Lucha Underground, which is like it's filmed like traditional TV. It's like they film everything before it airs, and so by the time I go out to, to it live, I don't know necessarily what's going on. And I turn to somebody, I'm like, "Who is that?" And they tell me, "Oh, it's this this guy, Jeff Cobb, good worker, whatever, whatever." And uh, mm-hmm. you know, since followed his career, I, I I'm a fan of him, so I, I like seeing him get some national TV time mm-hmm. uh, here in the U.S. All right. Uh, also, want to acknowledge. Uh, pre-tape promo backstage with the guns with the ass boys they're of course uh, hyping up their match next week with FTR which I assume is going to be the main event where it is titles versus AEW career if, if FTR mm-hmm. does not beat the guns for the tag titles then they are leaving AEW lots of chatter about mm-hmm. that um, but the guns cut a really solid promo hey it might have took them 100 takes I don't know but I don't care what makes the air is what matters and they talk about uh, they don't, you know, they talk about it took FTR 19 years to get to this, you know, this this spot in the business, and it only took them two. And they right. talk about how, you know, they don't respect, you know, they, they all, all they do is whine and, and bitch and podcast and politic uh, to get this match, get where they want. Uh, they don't respect FTR. The guns go on. Uh, Colton also go on to say the only man they've ever respected was their father. And you look and, and, you, and look at how we treated him. <laughs> so what do you think we're going to do to you? The, the sound bites were just there. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this got me hyped for this main event, Jimmy. No, it did. It absolutely did. And that's what we talk about. You talk people into the, being in seats. You talk people to wanting to sit in front of their TVs and watch your matches and watch what happens. And and yes, the, the, the moves do matter, but... Again, it's the story that's being told that is the the what is people are invested in the most. But the only thing, again, if I'm going to nitpick here, uh, the segment right before that was the Daniel Brian Danielson and and the Blackpool Combat Club and what they did to Kenny Omega. They didn't give that chance uh, to, to breathe, and we went right into this, and we kind of again, I don't want to say we forgot about what happened, but at this, you kind of like. Uh, got caught up in what the guns were saying. So it kind of took a back seat again, a little bit, let these things breathe a little bit. You know, you could have gone to a commercial and come back with the guns promo and have people go, Oh, I don't know. That's just me saying it. And then right from the guns promo, they go right into introductions for the next match. Yeah. The, the, I mean, yeah, there's, yeah. there's still, there's still formatting things, but I, I'll say this though. <clears throat> I agree with that, with the formatting of like, what you put back to back with what where do you put the break at and i think again it's still because they have so many they have so many guys and girls they're trying to feature them all i did feel like they had more video vignettes like not vignette, not not vignettes but i felt like they had more video packages mm-hmm. just reminding you what the conflict or beef between these two people were however i i didn't feel that it was as chaotic 
like I, I said to myself, and I don't forget what, where it was, but they they, sh- they had showed one. By the time we got the second hour, I'm like, man, we've had a lot of video packages. But I, I for some, I didn't feel overwhelming. Where in the past, I felt like they've. So I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm just maybe my immune system is just building up to their <laughs> to the to the volume of their content. I'm not sure. But I, I thought they did a pretty good job trying to at least just catch the people up on some stories um without but i don't know No, but that i agree with they did a good job in their video packages tonight it's just for me the placement of them and 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 again letting moments breathe especially big moments because like i said the brian danielson thing was a big moment with kenny omega and the blackpool combat club that was a huge moment you gotta let it breathe the the guns promo like you said they came out looking like a million bucks in this promo just you know getting people invested in the match next week Give that time to breathe. Then they went right into the next match, which you'll tell us what it is. Or the, the what was it? The international title match, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that, yeah, yeah. We'll get we'll get to that in a second. Finish your thought. Um, no, it's just it, give stuff time to breathe, even if it's go to the announce team for a second, yeah. like a five ten seconds, so they can make a comment or something like that. Anything. Don't go right into the next thing. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's, let's stick for a second with this guns FTR. Cause like I said, it's, it's for the tag titles. It's, it's, it's likely the main mm-hmm. event, I believe next week. And this is the last time you and I on the air, will talk about AEW until we get to this time next week, which will at that point have known mm-hmm. what the result is. Last week I said, I think FTR staying put, I think that they're leaning into the rumors that they've, or they, well, not even rumors. They've been vocal and said they're, that they're at least a contract with AEW ended in April. We don't know if they've re-signed another one. That's part of the mystery here, but so that they're kind of leaning into that by putting their, AEW careers on the line, mm-hmm. but you're putting a very newly crowned guns tag team titles on the line. Right. I, I mean, I still kind of lean towards FTR's not going anywhere. They're kind of working us with the news uh, that t- t- Tony would probably just rather not even have them on TV, kind of out of sight, out of mind, versus putting them in a main event if they're getting ready to leave. Um, but then again, I also believe in the traditional kind of theory of sometimes it needs to be squash matches have your featured star get over big. Mm-hmm. We've seen AEW doesn't necessarily fall into that as much. They like to give the person who's very under a lot of time to shine. And and so and, and so on that theory, I could see Tony saying, all FTR, I like you guys, go out there and give us a hell of a main event and then, you know, nice working with you. Like, where do you stand? Where, where are you? Right? Make your official prediction here. Yeah, I, if they were leaving, I, I, I get – uh, making a big deal about it. Like the, I get the stipulation, let's put it that way in the match. But then again, like you said, do you want it to be featured? You don't want to feature it as the big, we, we cause these guys to leave, you know, that sort of thing. At the, I, I, I'm conflicted. I am. I really am on how to deal with this the proper way for me. If they were to leave, uh, if they were leaving, I, I, I personally wouldn't feature them on television. As especially in a main event spot. Well, and and especially if like, and we don't know as much about AEW contracts. Like we know that Tony tends to let them naturally run out. He tends to pay people versus WWE, who will cut you at any mm-hmm. point if they if they choose to. Mm-hmm. But if it would it would especially be a choice if you have FTR in the main event on Wednesday next Wednesday, and if their contract does naturally run out days later. And they, in theory, could show up on WWE the week later, versus if like FTR wrestles on Wednesday, but they're still like a, a ninety days or something. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's the case, 
maybe you can understand a little bit because now they got to go away for three months and whatever. Right. It's not as fresh in people's minds. But yeah, I mean, if they if they are in the main event of Dynamite on Wednesday and show up on SmackDown two days later to challenge Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, who I think will be the tag champions by that point, that right. would be a hell of a choice by AEW to do that. Yeah, um, see, you you run a big risk of uh, of uh, elevating a talent that's leaving. Yeah, but. You know, again, it's all different theories, and Tony has proven he has his own mind of how he approaches things. Maybe right. if, again, if FTR is if, if FTR is leaving, maybe his thought is, I have this really good tag team. They've made their choice to leave. I can't change their mind. Mm-hmm. Let me have them make this young team who's not going anywhere for a while in the guns make them look like a million bucks. Which they can do. FTR is, the, if, you, if you want a team to make a the guns look like a, a million bucks. The FTR is the right team to do that. And, you know, we often hear, like you said, the rumors, uh, FTR's relationship with Triple H, who is now in charge of creative. So, hey, yeah. you never know. You never know. At least, at least it's got people speculating and talking. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, it, it this main event, I'm this one of the bigger main events I can remember that I'm kind of, we're, we're seven. I haven't even finished doing the review of tonight's episode, and I'm already trying to jump to next week's episode. So right. uh, that's good for them. Yeah, uh, good for them. So I, I'm still going to stick by FTR staying, but uh, I'm not. I would not be going on. I don't know what the odds are. Uh, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't bet odds. on it. I'm not betting on it. Right. <laughs> I'm not putting any money on that at all. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we do get to the uh, uh, to our to our Orange Cassidy versus the Butcher match. Um, all right. Well, here we go. Here's my here's my my, my refereeing complaint to the referee. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Butcher and Blade attack prior to the bell. The ref throws out Blade. Mm-hmm. You're out of here, pal. The old MLB umpire deal. Mm-hmm. But then later, Blade comes back in to attack. But then here comes Chuck and Trent. They come out to use the same weapon to even the odds. Ref doesn't see it. Ultimately, Orange Cassidy wins. Going back to the throwing out, like if this referee, I think his name's Stefan, if he if, if he has enough common sense to just go ahead and throw out the extra person who's causing problems, why does not every other referee just do that anyways? Right. Then, but then I don't even like the decision of throwing out and then having him come back. I know it's there for the baby faces to come in and neutralize and whatever, but I don't know. The, the whole execution of this made me, made me, took me out of this. A, just to play devil's advocate, you can make the case that he came out there and he had the crowbar in his hand that he wanted to use and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so in that sense, uh, you, you could at least sort of make a case for it that kind of says, hey, since he's hanging out with a crowbar, he's out of here. But then again, to come back with that crowbar and use it and, yeah. it, you know, and then having. I, I, I can tell I, you're I'm, trying to play devil's advocate because the, the lack of enthusiasm in your voice for the uh, argument is. Uh, mm-hmm. is, 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 is yeah, I'm not I'm not con- I'm not really convincing myself either. But like you said, like the the other week when when the second referee ran down when uh, after a ref bump, why doesn't that happen all the time then? Yeah, or why uh, that's, that's my biggest thing. Why doesn't it happen when when the cheating goes on behind the referee's back? Why doesn't a referee come down and say, "Hey, he was cheating"? And that's my biggest thing. Is it just it was like it's 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 under the same category of the rare time that they tease or execute a DQ or a countout. It's like where is that? Yeah, where has that been? Especially tonight when we had a few instances, especially in the Matt Hardy match, where they, and in this match where they were fighting outside the ring for what felt like extended periods of time. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yes, indeed. Uh, 
it would certainly be you know that might be that might be a good live event attraction they're gonna keep doing the house shows maybe like one match a night you you, you do a raffle and you get to pick somebody from the crowd that gets to put on a ref shirt and they get to I mean, all you tell them is just count one, two, and if it gets to three, you count the three. Otherwise, if they kick right. out, just stay out of the way. <laughs> right. It might be, it might, it might be, they might redefine the business for the most interesting VIP experience ever. Yeah, no kidding. No <laughs> kidding. I, trust me, I want to be there live to witness that. Oh, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's uh, about 9.26 p.m. Eastern time. You know what time that means? not vader time it's time for the women's match and uh-huh. willow nightingale up against ruby soho of course as part of the outcasts uh she's got saraya and tony flanking her uh this match is actually pretty entertaining uh, between the ladies so so my sarcasm to the time slot aside match is entertaining between the ladies uh but we ended with a roll-up after a distraction you know, whenever there's been a lot of delay, whenever the AEW video game comes out, I expect the roll up finisher to be the highest rated finisher on the damn game. No kidding. Uh, roll up finisher. Uh, and then Riho and Sky Blue, they come out uh, to try to even up the numbers, uh, but they still can't do so. Uh, they're, still, they're still outnumbered because Willow's incapacitated. Then Jamie Hayter comes out. That betters the numbers and, and evens things up. That gets the outcast to run off. And uh, Hayter and Riho have a little bit of moment of respect. That is a match next week. Riho is going to try to get her second world title win, AEW Women's World Title win, mm-hmm. on Jamie Hayter. Uh, Jimmy, uh, several different elements to unpack here. Yeah, uh, two, two. Uh, you know, it, for the most part, it was an entertaining match, but a lot of the, the referee distraction with a lot going on behind the referee's back, and and it was not creative at all. It was so just, you know, hey, turn and look at me. And argue with me or whatever while all this goes on behind my back. That, I just—that's the kind of stuff I—I I, I like the idea of the outcast versus uh, the you know, I guess for lack of a better term, homegrown talent, so yeah, to speak. That's what so, they're going for. Yeah, yeah I, I I don't mind that idea. I just right now I'm not enjoying the execution of how this is going. That's all. Yeah, it's um, I feel like this is another one where I feel like uh. This is one of the rare times where AEW and the fact that they don't do monthly pay-per-views like like a WWE would. It's one of the rare times where it does kind of like I feel like they know what they want for the outcast to do come double or nothing. I feel like we're we're building towards something, you know, Jamie Hader's over. Britt is over. Um like and so I feel like that and I feel like there's something with like a a big showdown of the outcast versus the AEW homegrown they want to get to but they but we they just have to kind of kill time right and and, and i don't mean to be disrespectful to riho i i know that um i i, I don't know she, she's a talent but she, maybe it doesn't translate always to the american audience but no disrespect to her but it's like all right her versus jamie Hader next week i mm, mm, don't i'm not <laughs> i'm not compelled at, i'm not compelled at all the way i am for you know ftr's tack match um, no, so I feel, like they're, I feel like we're kind of stalling is what I'm getting at here. Yeah, it, again, and it, it just feels like it's there. Yeah, yeah, it's there. It's there. All right, well, what uh, what is there to talk about is the main event they were building mm-hmm. to is Adam Cole, Bebe versus Daniel Garcia. This is Adam Cole's first match back in the ring since last June, I believe, like 276, 296, something like that, days since his last match. Uh, and so, and as they should, in this match, a lot of focus on his health, on ring rust, on is he 100%, how's his neck, we're doing pile drivers, we're doing things that could 
know, Taz has given an anatomy class on commentary of mm-hmm. what affects what. Uh, yeah. But I think these are all things that should be done mm-hmm. uh, to make this an interesting, to tell that story, to help uh, narrate this story. Uh, ultimately, he hits the Panama, uh, Panama Sunrise and then hits that boom knee to the back of the head, gets the one, two, three. Brick comes out, uh, kiss and embrace, confetti, all the ballyhoo. Uh, all fine because they're all lining right into it. And minutes later, we're going to kick off this uh, all access show, which Britt and Adam, at least for this first episode, are, are, are heavily featured. So they were advertising. So that all made sense. But then Jericho's music hit. Jericho comes out, uh, wasting no time, not singing a song or nothing, pulls Daniel Garcia out of the ring and is helping Garcia out of uh, out to the back. But it keeps glaring at Adam Cole, mm-hmm. foreshadowing that this might be uh, the next feud for one Chris Jericho, Le Champion. Uh, Chris Jericho and Adam Cole. Is there a microphone that can handle that much charisma uh, in, in, in the promos, Jimmy? No, I that, I am so looking forward to that rivalry because Adam Cole has the potential to be the top babyface and Chris Jericho is just... Uh, we all know what Chris Jericho can do. One, the, like you one, said, one, one of the goats. Yes, Absolutely. But again, here we go with letting moments breathe. I understand you want to plant the seed for Jericho versus Adam Cole in the future, but you have this feel-good moment leading into that all-access show. Let that breathe. If you wanted to show Jericho backstage briefly, we, we, like we saw earlier in the night when we saw you know, like uh, Darby Allen watching the monitor, maybe show Jericho while that streamers, all the streamers are coming down on Brit and uh, Adam Cole, him watching it going, hmm. yeah, just show for a brief second, plant that seed. But then, but to have him come out and do the, the entrance and the whole bit took away from it. Even the announcers had to say, let this not take away from the moment. <laughs> That's true. The announcers even had to say it. Let's, you know what I mean? So again, tr- just let things breathe, go out. Uh, they did go out on a high note, but they didn't need that. Uh, you know, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna play I'm gonna play devil's advocate back to you. I'm a little torn on that. I get the logic that it, it, it would be perfect synergy to have you know him go you know confetti explodes, him and Brit kiss, mm-hmm. credits roll, and then we go into the reality show. Totally, mm-hmm. but I will say that because I apply the same logic to Raw, and you know I know you know if we come under fire if we're not if we're not you know uh, criticizing or critiquing. WWE and AEW equally. Mm-hmm. I come under the same thing with with Raw when we watch Monday nights, where like, and true, and I, I do think that the creative has done a, a pretty good job. This overall, it's like you get this main event match, and sometimes I'm like, why is the match in the main event spot? But then they have something, whether it's like a return, whether it's a swerve, whether it's they do they do try to give you something to kind of slightly cliffhang off of. And mm-hmm. so I I, I, I I appreciate that AEW kind of did this. They didn't just go off with with just the generic kiss and a confetti where they at least gave us a hint. And then it wasn't, you know, there was no no fighting. There was no, oh, we got to rush out there and you got to cut a promo now. They kept it simple. Just a glare. Just a glare from Jericho just to tell you, keep an eye on this. So no, I, I'm I, okay I, with it. I get that. But when Jericho came out, whose music played? His. Yeah, exactly. Interrupted the moment. Like I said, if you do, you could still plant that seed on television by just showing that backstage, quick little backstage thing of him watching the monitor going, hmm, you know, and and that's it. And your television audience sees that. Obviously, the live audience won't see it. All right. So, all right. So booking compromise. 
because mm-hmm. we got we ha- we do have the live even even though this is not the end of the night for the live audience because then they get uh, rampage taped mm-hmm. tape. compromise keep Adam Cole's music playing keep the kissing going on keep the confetti Jericho just appears at the top of the stage stares him down what with so the this now live crowd gets the can see Jericho huh. but we still we still keep the moment going of of Adam and Britt with Adam's music playing that that is fine too yeah I mean you you still have that moment but then like you said. You have Adam's music playing. You have them almost not notice him there, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, just uh, and if they do, just ignore him. Yeah, and that pisses him off even more. Yeah, you know what I mean. You can you can play with that. You can do see there are other ways to do it other than coming down and interrupting and playing his music and especially you know like like we said you got that other show that you're trying to promote. You know, ah, I don't know. I just sometimes. I, I haven't said it yet, but you mentioned that the 20 pounds in a 10 pound bag, it just, they, they overthink things sometimes. And when you keep it simple, sometimes it, it makes more sense or it comes off better. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't task. I don't want to task this on anybody because I know it's already a, a burden on WWE on Mondays, <laughs> but AEW almost needs a third hour of dynamite just to, you know, <laughs> sometimes to, to get it all in. I hear you. Jimmy, I I think we just need to find some people to buy a company and just let us book. You just let us. You, you and I just civilly worked out the booking right here. We'll just let just sure. we'll we'll solve all the booking problems. Hey, you know Dwayne? Can you call him up? Can he make a bid? Could he put in a bid for WWE? I think, what, what's Vince want? Like six billion? What's he want? Hold on, just, let me call DJ right now. Just, just hit him up. <laughs> you and I will have the pen by by May. We'll get this all figured out. There you go. You know why is that? Have him throw another six out there. We'll buy the mm-hmm. Washington Commanders football team. They're for sale right, right. now too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we do great call arda we'll get arda in the room ah. uh i'll call hero we'll get i mean we'll, we'll really have a who's who uh we'll it'll 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 be prop solved no problem. sounds good to me i like it let's go with it no problem <laughs> big thanks to everybody uh that yes. was the end of dynamite uh again overall you know i mean look you, you, that's what these things are for we're supposed to critique certain things but i think actually this dynamite while again it was kind of a setup to what I feel like is a pretty big episode next week, I thought this dynamite was pretty well done, big picture, mm-hmm. and we highlighted those. I thought the the Blackpool Combat Club story, mm-hmm. um, you know, again we we mentioned at the beginning like they could have jumbled it up with other baby faces, but they kept it to just Jungle Boy out there with MJF. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 this was one of the better dynamites in the recent you know month I think in terms of execution. And presentation, I thought production. There's there's little things I didn't even bring up, and I'm not going to rehash and go back to segments. But production mm-hmm. was cleaner, and a yes. lot of and a lot of a lot of elements. Yeah. Um, the so, video packages the, the video yeah. packages were were an improvement tonight as well. Like you said, overall, overall, it was fun. there was a lot of good stuff to to there's stuff to they they can hang their hat on. But at the same time, there's still other stuff that need to be screws tightened. Yep. Growth continues, and I—I I don't know if you talked about it last week. I think they did—they did have it last week. I love the red, white, and blue ropes. It matches perfectly with the graphic colors that they're using and the lines, or whatever. I love the red, yeah. white, and blue ropes. Yeah, big fan of that. Makes me makes me think of the makes me think of the old old Hasbro ring that I had. Oh my goodness, the, the original the, ring, the original oh, yeah. ring I used to set up. Yep. 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 It's uh, in a box in a closet about twenty feet that way. Oh wow! I got uh, I keep I keep those things where I'm at. Nice. 
Classic. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it tonight for the podcast. Again, thank you to everybody <clears throat> who's been with us Wednesday night uh, here live. Again, for, uh, apologies for the delayed start we had earlier. Mm-hmm. Technology, what are you going to do? Uh, again, do all the things. Comment, like, share. As always, tweet at us, at Justin LaVar, at Jamie Corderas. Where in the world are you when you uh, take this podcast in? Uh, and please make sure nothing tomorrow, nothing Thursday night, but Friday night, Jimmy will be on uh, after for SmackDown podcast. And then Jimmy, myself, and uh, either Glenn or Raj or whomever, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night. It is going to be an exciting, exciting weekend. Um <laughs> Just, I mean, it's it's the best week of the year. Uh, it is WrestleMania week. Mm-hmm. A lot to talk about, a lot to be excited about. It's going to be uh, good times. Uh, Jimmy, give people the plugs. All right, the absolute plugs. Uh, you, obviously, you can find me here on Mondays and Wednesday nights with my good friend Justin Labar and uh, Triple J on Mondays, and we usually have Isa on Wednesdays. And this week, you'll be seeing me on the SmackDown version with Glenn. And again, after WrestleMania both nights and Monday night, it's it's, it's a, a heck of a long weekend. Let's put it that way. And then you can catch me on all my social media platforms doing my ref and rant from Monday to Friday. And this week on the Reffin It Up podcast with my good brother in stripes, Brian Hempner, RJ got us the Olympic gold medalist who won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck, Kurt Angle. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. We had a blast catching up with Kurt. It was awesome. Oh, that sounds great. I'll be sure to check that out. Uh, I'm at Justin Labar, and I thought that I was going to tell you you'll see me next Saturday night after WrestleMania night one. <laughs> but breaking news as this podcast has been going on. As I'm getting texts, it looks like tomorrow, uh, Thursday morning, 10.30 Eastern time in the morning, I'll be back on Busted Open <laughs> to help preview oh. WrestleMania. So I'll talk to all of you Thursday morning. Um, you want to check that out. It's Busted Open, of course, Channel 156 on Sirius XM Radio. Uh, so we'll do a little spar with LaVar uh, there. Um, and then after that, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night, as I mentioned here on the Wrestling Podcast, going to be a blast. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to Jimmy. Uh, everybody, again, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, share. A lot of craziness going on in the world this week. Uh, let's share. Just be kind to each other uh, and all enjoy something that we we all revel in, which is our, our wrestling fandom. And uh, let's, uh, let's let that overcome all the other negativity that's going on. Yes. Have a good night, uh, and we will be back on Friday. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc